we're back. This is Today in Space, and I'm your host, Greco, or Alex, however you want it. However you want it. You can have it either way, or both ways. Uh, welcome to the show. To the show. I'm having a hard time talking already. Um, this is, uh, for those who are new to the show, because we do have a few new listeners, uh, this is an entertainment show. Uh, basically, if, if you like space, um, welcome. I mean, this is, this, you found the right place. Uh, that's basically the whole genre of the show is space. Um, my, me, myself, I'm an aerospace engineer. I found this as a passion, uh, and I love talking about it. So what I wanted to do was find a way, uh, to, to bring space talk to people and, uh, do it in a way that's that's different than what's being done already, which is a lot of uh, very super scientific shows. Um, I want to encourage people to, to ask questions who aren't involved in space, who who might think they're not smart enough for space. You are in the right show, and you are smart enough to talk to at least be interested in it. There's no reason you shouldn't be. So, <laughs> with that said, today's episode uh, we're going to be talking about Mars One. Um, it's been getting a lot of coverage, um, and I've been doing research the last week, week and a half now, um, and I had a, a, we have about six questions we're going to answer throughout the show uh, from people uh, through Facebook uh, who talk to me in person, uh, all that stuff, so, uh, and, and they range from <laughs> really simplistic questions to maybe a little more complicated, so... Uh, we, we will get through those uh, as the episode goes on here, and uh, I want to try something new this episode, uh, as we're always trying to do here, uh, something new and original, uh, and uh, I, was, I was thinking back, you know, back in the time where, where space travel was really, I mean, was, was at its height, it was, you know, the, the, the 60s going into the 70s, and um, there was just, there was that it was it was there was the the time of JFK and then the race to the moon and and just that era of you know post fifties just media and I, I I think I think Mars One and just the mission to Mars I wonder what it would sound like if uh, if we took what the information we have already uh, and just add a little twist to it so uh, let's hear what that might sound like and of course in the process. Learn something. Welcome to the Mars One Overview, brought to you by Today in Space. For this segment, I will be your host, who sounds a little bit like a mix of JFK and those 50s narrators for all those training videos you've probably never seen, but are definitely aware of. Now, first, let's talk about the mission. According to Mars One's website, it is Mars One's goal to establish a human settlement on Mars. Human settlement of Mars is the next giant leap for humankind. Exploring the solar system as a united humanity will bring us all closer together. Mars is the stepping stone of the human race on its voyage into the universe. Human settlement on Mars will aid our understanding of the origins of the solar system, the origins of life, and our place in the universe. 
As with the Apollo moon landings, a human mission to Mars will inspire generations to believe that all things are possible and anything can be achieved. Okay, so one of the first questions uh, I had gotten was, uh, wouldn't it be too hot for these, you know, astronauts that are, these people that are going to live on Mars? You know, wouldn't they, how are they going to live out there? Uh, now, interestingly enough, I think the, I think the fact that the surface of Mars is red due to the, the, the rusting in the, in the iron in the, uh, the surface, it actually, um, Mars' atmosphere is a hundred times, about a hundred times thinner than Earth's. And without that thermal blanket, uh, this, is, this is according to a Space.com article, um, Mars can't retain any heat energy. So the temperature of Mars goes from like minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit um, to the, in the winter, and it can get down to minus 195 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, the the hottest it'll get like on a summer day on Mars uh, is up to seventy degrees. So even though Mars looks red, it's actually not that hot. Uh, another good question I had was, you know, how long is it going to take these people to get to Mars? Uh, you know, uh, one of the things that, that kind of shocked me was uh, apparently, uh, this is you know a word of mouth, but the the person who asked the question said that the, the person on the radio who was talking about it said it would take them two years to get there. Now, I I don't, I can't talk for that person <laughs> on the radio. I don't know who it was. I don't really care. Um, but like a simple Google search <laughs> is all it takes. It, it's not that hard. Um, no, basically the mission. Um, you're you're looking for. You're looking at about a nine-month period, and that is using a very specific point in the orbits when Earth and Mars are close enough. You use a home and transfer orbit, um, and basically, you're you're just using there's there's a point with the, with the transfer. It'll it'll only take you nine months, uh, and it has to be when Earth and and Mars are in a specific position. Um, and once you get there, you need to wait. Uh, a little bit longer. I'm not sure what the timeline is, but basically you need to wait until it gets back into the same position to make your return trip back. So getting there is one thing, but you also have to plan for the fact that you'll be there a little bit longer um, just because you've got to wait for the, the planets to align, if you will. Um, but a good question. Uh, fair enough, especially when you know, you're know you hearing that it's going to take a super long time uh, from something like the radio because it was a very high-profile thing now. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's got their own thing. Um, but good question. Very good question. And now we'll go back to the overview and learn a little bit more about the technology behind the Mars One mission. The technology. According to Mars One, they have developed a realistic plan to establish a permanent settlement on Mars. This plan is built upon existing technologies available from proven suppliers. Mars One is not an aerospace company and will not manufacture mission hardware. All equipment will be developed by third-party suppliers and integrated in established facilities. Now first, the simulation outpost. There will be several Earth-based simulation outposts used as grounds to train, try out technology, 
and for evaluation. The first simulation outpost will be manufactured of rigid modules. The first simulation outpost will match the more simple aspects of a more complicated end result outpost. Second, the launcher. This launcher will carry payloads from Earth orbit to Mars and is planned to be the SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket, which will have its first public launch very soon. If chosen by Mars One and proven capable in time, the Falcon Heavy will carry payloads of satellites, rovers, cargo, and eventually maybe humans. The Falcon Heavy would achieve this using almost four million pounds of thrust at Earth's sea level, with its first stage three nine-engine cores. Then, the second stage Merlin engine will use 180,000 pounds of force once it enters the vacuum of space on its way to Mars. Third, the Mars Transit Vehicle. Traveling to Mars will be a seven-month venture for the human crew. This transit vehicle will act as a landing module and transit habitat. It will contain two propellant stages. According to Mars One, upon reaching Mars, the crew in their Mars suits will descend to the Mars surface in the landing module, leaving their living quarters behind, which is too heavy to land. Go get em, crew! Fourth, the Mars landing capsule. This capsule will either be from Lockheed Martin or SpaceX, both experienced suppliers. For SpaceX, it would probably be a variant of the Dragon capsule, while the choice from the Lockheed Martin could be a variant of the Phoenix mission Mars lander, as they currently await their results for 2018 on the safety of said lander. But more importantly, they will be equipped to perform different functions. According to Mars One, they must first carry life support units that generate energy, water, and breathable air for the sediment. Two, carrying supply units with food, solar panels, spare parts, and other components. Three, carry living units that are outfitted with deployable inflatable habitats. Four, carry humans to the surface of Mars. And five, carrying rovers to the surface of Mars. Number five, rovers. Two rovers will be sent to Mars before any human is even ready in order to prepare the settlement zone for the Mars One's crew. One will be searching the surface of Mars for the ideal location of the settlement and will be used to transport large hardware components. The first rover will also be used for general assembly of the settlement. The second rover will follow shortly after and will be used as a trailer for transporting the landing capsules. Sending the robots to do our dirty work first is a key part of this mission. In order to make it possible for humans to land and survive in any amount of time of the surface, they must have a settlement ready and livable for when they get there. <laughs> I still like the fact that we're having the... the <laughs> 
The robots do our dirty work. That's... <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, uh, the, at this point, I want to get into kind of the, the roadmap of this whole thing. You know, how, how long is this going to take? How long has it been taking? Um, so to start, um, Mars One itself uh, was established, founded in 2011. Um, the Mars One mission plan was laid out by uh, Bass Lansdorp and Arno Wielders. Uh, they met with aerospace suppliers in the U.S., Canada, Italy, and the U.K., and got tons of feedback from the supply engineers and business developers, and that's that's how they started this. Um, you know, and, and, and one of the key aspects to this mission even being possible is that, I said it before in the overview, but um, the mission design is that there is no return mission. So that's the only, that's a very key part of why this is possible. Um, if you tried to build into this mission that, that you would be returning, it doesn't become possible. Uh, we need to develop that technology. It's being worked on slowly, um, but it's not available. So again, working on things that we already have, uh, flight tested, approved things that have worked um, to increase the likelihood that this could actually happen. Um, but uh, to, to also just to, you know, before we get, too f f much further into this <laughs> um you know this mission is uh it's a big if you know it is ambitious there's there's no doubt about that but it's a big if i mean there's so many things that need to happen i mean you can just tell by all the technology that's in there and we'll go through the timeline here in a second here after i'm <laughs> done with this rant um but no a, a lot a lot of things need to happen in order um for this to happen, uh, deadlines need to be met, first of all, uh, you know, uh, some technology needs to, you know, they're planning on the fact this mission timeline is based on the fact that this technology will be done when it's supposed to be done. Um, and if all that goes to plan, then we still need to get the habitat belt over there, the rovers need, both rovers need to land, and then they will take care of putting together the habitat and then once that happens, one of the 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 crews will be sent there um, to start the mission. But only then will people be sent there. Uh, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but the people that are, are doing this know that there's a huge chance that this mission might not even happen. Um, but the fact that they're even going to be involved in a mission like that, reaching for that impossible, um, that's why they're doing it. So, okay, back to the roadmap. Uh, 2013, uh, the crew selection uh, process began, and the worldwide search for astronauts began. Um, it was open to all nationalities from around the world, um, which brings us to another one of the questions. Uh, what is the selection process like? Uh, and it just so happens there is a uh, Mars One astronaut selection process uh, picture uh, from Mars One, designed by uh, Joseph Sweeney. So, uh, round one had 202,586 applicants. Um, and that was just, an, it was that open process. So, um, they had to submit 
uh, you know, it wasn't just a checkbox. Yeah, I want to go. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, we had, you had to supply an online application. It had to have general information about who you are, a resume, and a one-minute video. Uh, and they had to answer three questions. Uh, one of them, uh, the first one, is why would you like to go to Mars? Pretty straightforward. Uh, two, uh, how would you describe your sense of humor? It's pretty, I mean, you, I, I would hope your sense of humor <laughs> is at least good. We're spending the rest of our potential lives together. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. Uh, number three, uh, what makes you the perfect candidate for the mission to Mars, of course? I mean, that seems pretty standard. Um, so they answered those, and then the first round ended in December of uh, 2013, uh, and the first round ended with 1,058 applicants to, to go to round two. So round two, uh, which just finished up uh, this last February 16th, which is why everyone started talking about it again, um, yeah, they were required to submit a medical statement of good health, so they had to have their physicians do that. Uh, then 706 applicants passed that medical exam. Uh, so that's, that's quite a few. It's, it's like 352 people that didn't pass the medical exams. But that's, you need to be healthy. Um, so they were interviewed, invited to be interviewed uh, with the selection committee. And then 633 went to the next stage. So a few dropped down. Uh, then the interviews were concluded via video connection with that chief medical officer, Nobert Kraft. Nobert? N-O-B-E-R-T, Kraft? Yeah, I guess that's right. Uh, medical doctor, uh, and that's from, that just ended January 31st. And then 100 applicants, dubbed the Mars 100, passed for the interview stage. Moved to round three. Now, round three, which is happening this year, uh, the 100 candidates, the Mars 100, uh, are going to be going... Uh, and doing group challenges so that they can figure out the suitabilities. Um, you know, I mean, you've got to figure out what the group dynamic is uh, and, and pick eventually the 24 people that will be used uh, for six different missions. Um, so the inter international selection round uh, is will be broadcast on television around the world. Uh, and the winners... Uh, will be selected by the Mars One Selection Committee. Um, you know, it's all based on these characteristics, the five key characteristics of an astronaut. Resiliency, adaptability, curiosity, ability to trust, and creative uh, creativity and resourcefulness. Um, and then, like we said, this, the six teams of four will move on to round four. So that we'll find that out this year. Uh, now, round four is going to last from 2016 to 2024. Those six teams of four candidates are going to train for multiple months out of the year in these the simulation outposts that, that we talked about in the overview. Um, and, and they're going to be creating this Mars-like terrain. And the training is going to be focused on a whole bunch of skills that are crucial. Um, and these are medicine, engineering, geology, biology, physiology, um, and then the teams that demonstrate the highest degree of cooperation and expertise are chosen to lead the first mission uh, in 2024. Uh, and then after that, after the first crew arrives, additional teams of four will arrive every two years. Um, so 
I guess if there's supposed if there's going to be a timeline, uh, it would be two years uh, before you'd see another human uh, other than the three that you're going to be with. Uh, it's going to be another two years before you see anybody else. So uh, this is what they're planning, and it, it, they're not uh, they're not just going to be sending there sending people there for. Like they're they're gonna have things they're gonna be doing, twenty four seven. I'm I would doubt that they're gonna have much downtime. They're not gonna be sitting there saying, "All right, I just spent three weeks watching Netflix. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of bored now." I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, I'm pr- I would assume they're gonna have. I mean, it's just like how the astronauts in the ISS have uh, always something going on always an experiment that they're doing or or fixing the ISS uh, anything always something to do um, another uh, good question I just thought of it now um, is how are they going to communicate with these people uh, well they they are going to be using a satellite that they're going to be sending out there uh, a Mars orbiter um, and it's going to be providing 24/7 feed so that uh, feed of uh, uh, communication feed so that we they can get pictures videos information can relay back and forth i mean i think that's going to be super key if they can't get that off the ground working that's a huge huge problem um constant communication is not only going to be helpful for the mission in general i mean obviously but uh i think that's going to be key to keeping the the the, the mars one crew um feeling secure you know that that the mission is going i mean i if you lose communication that's that's rough um there will probably be a backup plan uh you always have to have a plan for that uh but having that i think is uh, not having that is a huge blow to morale so um but hard work will pay off if they if they get it to work so all right so let's get back to the timeline for this mission. Okay, so 2018 is is the big demonstration mission, uh, and this one is going to be uh, it's going to provide a proof of concept for the technologies that are going to be important for this human mission, and that communication satellite will also be uh, placed in the Mars stationary orbit at that time, uh, and that way again they can communicate. Uh, 2020. Um, the uh, first rover and the communication satellite are going to be uh, sent. So uh, one intelligent rover and one trailer are going to be launched. Uh, we talked about in the overview. Uh, the they're they, they're going to be there to figure out the best place that that it, you can do it. Uh, the second communication satellite um, is going to be put into orbit around the sun. Um, and apparently it takes the same orbit as the Earth, but trails 60 degrees behind it in the L5 Lagrangian point in the Sun-Earth system. So Lagrangian point, again, the point where the gravities, uh, the two gravities uh, uh, contradict each other, uh, cancel each other out, so you're actually in a rare place where uh, you have no gravity pulling on you in any specific direction. So uh, that, with the set around Mars, uh, will help any cutouts that might happen. Having it in that L5, I'm assuming, 
is is to to make sure that if there is a chance because there there was times where I think we lost uh, with opportunity and um, there, there are some blackout periods so um, that's good that's that'll give them make it even more important that they'll they'll have cost communication uh, 2022 uh, that's when uh, the second rover uh, two living units two life support systems and a supply unit are going to be sent to Mars uh, all to create the first um, the actual settlement um, so that's going to be huge the second rover is going to help put this all together uh, 2023 uh, you know that's when the the, the units are going to be set up so they're going to be the, the cargo units are going to be 10 kilometers away from the outpost um, and this is where this whole this is going to be very difficult um, the rover is is going to have to assemble almost everything here so um, it's going to be deploying power the life support units the inflatable sections um, so this rover's going to be working its ass off um, you know the durability of this thing uh, it needs to land safely uh, if this rover can't do its general assembly then it's not good it's not good uh, so 2024 assuming that's all done the first humans um, that will land on mars start their journey uh, from earth um, the mars transit vehicle uh, will be uh, launched to earth orbit uh, and then once they've got their um, their go um, they'll 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 head there um, so it'll be first the transit habitat and Mars lander with assembly crew on board uh, will be launched into orbit around the Earth. Um, the assembly crew docks the Mars lander to the transit habitat, and then the two propellant stages are launched a month later and are also connected. So they're building this thing in orbit. Um, they're not putting it together on the Earth. So this is actually going to be a huge choreographed. Uh, they're, they're basically creating their 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 whole transit vehicle um, so that they can get there, which is kind of cool. I, I didn't even I, it totally went over my head. Um, so they're going to be building this thing in orbit, so then making sure everything's good. Oh wow! So that's wow, that's intense. <laughs> that's really intense. Um, so once they get everything checked out, uh, that's when they go and they figure it out. Um, so the cargo for the second crew is launched to Mars in the same month of the launch of the first Mars settlers. Okay. Not sure. <laughs> A little confused by that, but let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, okay. So in 2025... Everything goes well. The whole outpost is set up properly. They get the Mars Transit Vehicle together in orbit, and they send it there. 2025, the first humans will land on Mars. So 10 years from now. Um, and so 24 hours after they land, uh, the crew is going to move the, the, from the habitat to the landing module. 
Um, they can bring supplies out of it. And they, they got to leave that because it's just it's way too heavy and uh, would do way more damage if they brought it with them. Um, so they're going to go down. The crew takes up to 48 hours to recover from experiencing the gravity um, after s- spending that long in, s- in space. So, um, you know, once they're in their Mars suits, they'll leave the lander and uh, get, and they're actually going to be picked up by the rover. Um, then uh, they're onto the sediment in the airlock, and then they'll spend the next few days recovering and getting used to their new environment. Um, then they're going to deploy the rest of the solar panels, get power up and running, and uh, they'll install the hallways between the landers and set up food production units. Get things going. Wow, that's that's an intense first two days, man. All right, so then the cargo for the second crew uh, lands within a few weeks after the first crew lands, and it's picked up, and they they put it all together. Um, and get it get it ready for the settlement. So that way the the, the second crew already has their stuff there. Um, the redundancy, um, you know, according to Mars One, is extremely important because unlike the crew aboard the International Space Station, Mars One crew can't abandon their mir- uh, their mission in case of an emergency. So when the first crew lands uh, and they they find the that the habitat has a good level of redundancy already. Uh, two living units uh, large enough to house the crew of four and the two life support units uh, have enough water, power, and breathable air for the entire crew. Um, when the second crew's hardware gets put into the settlement, then the four living units and the four su- are enough to uh, sustain a crew of 16 astronauts. So they've planned for this for, for more people actually being there, which you have to, uh, especially if you're going to make sure that the air <laughs> is is good enough so that's good you know that, that's a good sign they're not just sending these people that was another question uh <laughs> from somebody like like uh, are you just gonna send people there like how long are they actually going to be able to live there um that i don't know uh, um nobody knows that uh that's part of the risk with this mission is re- you know who knows how long you can last uh, on, on on mars um, another big thing too is so um, these uh, habitats. Uh, sorry, um, one second here. Let me. The living units uh, have uh, enough protection from the radiation. The radiation on Mars is uh, is livable, but you need protection from it. So these these units are going to be good, but these inflatable um, living units, which will be great because it'll be a bigger space, they don't have uh, protection from the radiation. So one of the ideas they were thinking is actually taking the dirt from Mars and putting it on top of these inflatable units. That way it's got natural protection from from radiation just from the soil and the ground. So that's that's a very good idea. Now, moving to 2026, the, the next year, um, that's when the second crew departs from Earth and seven months to nine months later, depending on how their mission actually turns out to be, uh, the second crew lands in in 2027. Um, the first crew will hopefully be there um, to to welcome them, and their living quarters will be all set. And the uh, hardware for the crew will land 
uh, for Crew 3 will land a few weeks later. And then that way they're all set for the next one. And, you know, they'll keep landing every two years. So just it's 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 I'm, I'm still baffled by it. Um, I've been doing research and I, I I talk about it. And I still don't. It's still uh, it's still crazy to me. Um, next question. Are these people crazy? Uh, no, I don't think they're crazy. Uh, one of the things I've been saying to people, um, is, you know, it's nuts. It's nuts. But so were the people who came over to America, um, on, on the Mayflower, right? Um, those people were nuts. Um, those people were insane. I mean, they thought, they thought that, uh, well, they didn't even know that that was there. They thought it was open ocean. They thought, you know, they're like, there's, there's, there's natives over there. They're going to kill you. You know, you're going to get murdered. But they went over there. They had their reasons. <laughs> Obviously, it was oppression. Um, but I don't think these people are any crazier than, than those adventurers, settlers. That's what they are, the settlers. Um, and to to be a part of, of, of something, of a mission that's could very well be if it's successful big if but if it's successful uh could be the most underrated mission by humankind um i, I mean the, the my the, the whole kick i'm on now is that um you know these people if if this settlement sticks and they're able to to eventually create a, a human race on mars and, and become martians and we're we're earth people you know the, these martians are going to be are going to develop this is generations down the road they're going to develop in a different gravitational bosom on a different planet you know uh, the gravity on earth is so specific and and everything on it is works because of it you change it i mean we already see with a lot of the science on the iss that the lack of gravity the microgravity does things this one-year mission that's happening in March with NASA and uh, Roscosmos on the ISS for the, the people who are going to be a year in space. That science to figure out what the lack of gravity does to the human body. These people will develop differently, and I think that's going to... I think that's going to create a different sect. Not, not radically. Not radically, but enough. Enough. I mean, unless they're able to uh, create the same gravitational, uh, stuff, which I don't think is capable, uh, within a certain amount of time, uh, they're going to be in the gravitational bosom of Mars, which is a third of Earth's. So that's some crazy shit, people. <laughs> it's insane. All right. So the last part of the episode, uh, I'd like to address, uh, something uh, a friend of the show, uh, Tim, had sent, uh, and it's from uh, Motherboard, uh, advice.com. And it's really interesting. It talks about the so some of the Mars 100 uh, and some of the things they had to talk about uh, uh, regarding, you know, now that they've, now that it's serious, you know, now that it's a real thing, um, what are their plans for never coming back? You know, uh, some have kids, some. Uh, some maybe have chosen not to have kids. So I wanted to, to 
kind of talk about a few things that some of these people said. So one uh, was a Canadian journalist, uh, Karen Cummings. Uh, Cummings, sorry. Um, she she had mentioned here. Let's let's see here uh, that she. So she goes to say, my mother is ninety four, and God bless her, has really come around in the last year or so. Year or so. Initially, she was very upset to think that it was a one way ticket. Now, she's so used to all the fuss, she tells me what she needs at the grocery store this week before I go to Mars. Um, so, <laughs> there's a little bit of humor there. Um, uh, Robert uh, P. Schroeder, a uh, finalist from Germany, uh, said, uh, my mother and father don't want me to leave Earth. It's getting more and more emotional, and that will be really tough in the end. Um, he's also said, I won't have kids. I uh, didn't want a child to have the pressure of the media and a life without a father. And he says, it's not like I want to stay single and single until I would fly to Mars, but in a relationship, that Mars mission would definitely be a topic. <laughs> um, another finalist, George W. Hatcher, a NASA engineer, uh, has two kids on Earth and said that they are way too young right now to understand the prospect of a one-way trip. But if I'm selected, I have at least a decade to talk to them about it. Um, so, for now, he's, he's going to just take care of his kids. Uh, Hatcher also said, my primary goal before departure would be the spiritual education of my children. I would plan to continue fulfilling my half of this obligation through recorded video and the written word as best as I could from Mars. I would spend as much time as possible with my children, wife, family, and friends. My wife and I currently narrowing down the list of must-see travel destinations. Um, so uh, he also mentioned uh, the idea of coming back to Earth, uh, maybe an attempt after 15 years, uh, which, uh, you know, that lifting weights in... Uh, uh, and in the reduced Martian gravity. So uh, he's also talked about the prospect of dying uh, in, in these emails between um, this, this writer for this motherboard piece. Um, he said, landing on Mars is likely to be the highest risk portion of the trip. I would be feeling more than a little anxious, but relieved to know that if something did go wrong on entry, it would be over quickly. So, there you have it. <laughs> These people are real, man. Uh, this is some, this is some crazy talk. I, I, I'm working on, uh, hopefully interviewing some of these people. I would love to talk to them more about, um, about this mission. If they ever go, if they do, shit. Um, so. Uh, Hatcher, again, uh, said, you know, during his free time, uh, I would be pursuing my daily static internet uplink, uh, requesting transmission of new music, movies, and games, writing emails, essays, and scientific papers, and recording videos for family, friends, students, and the public. Uh, I would maintain contact with Earth on a daily basis for the sake of sanity, novelty, and continued participation in society. Um... I, I, I seriously recommend reading this article. It was a great, 
thank you, Tim, again for sending it. Um, I get a little emotional reading it. It's uh, this is some real stuff, man. If if when once they go, um, it's gonna be unlike anything that's been done before. Um, and it's people that are willing to do it. I mean, I remember when the whole when 2013 came around and the first round was was really getting whittled down. Uh, I remember talking to a few guys at work and and just people in general, you know, because the topic was finally, you know, real, was, you know, would you take a one-way trip to Mars? And, I, I mean, the numbers itself, I mean, 202,000, right? All right, so let's let's look at the world population, right? World population. What is that? That, that? that didn't help. What is the world population? Damn you. Just give me an answer. All right, so let's see here. Okay. So... All right, so let's just say uh, 7 billion, right? So let's do this number here, 202,000 divided by 7. That's million, billion. All right. So that's 0.0029%. So that's how, how, how small <laughs> the amount of people who actually even considered sending in, in an application for it. Um, but plenty of people were willing to talk about it, man. I, I, think, I think there's some people who think that this is one of the most exciting things that anyone could ever do. Um, it's not, it's not going to be easy and it's real. It's real as shit. But I think, uh, I think there's a lot of people who would, who would like to do something that big in their life. I mean, there's, um, not that I think everyone wants to, but some people would love to do great things that don't really have the ability to, or however circumstances go. Um, sometimes it just doesn't work that way. But to have even the opportunity to be involved with something that great, I mean, it attracts a certain type of person. Um, it makes sense why people think they they might be crazy. Um, I think I think they're pioneers, um, the ones that'll that'll make it to the. <laughs> I mean, we're in the Mars hundred now, but uh, the final twenty four men, they're they're gonna be very interesting people to look at and 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 follow um interesting and interestingly enough um there was supposed to be a tv deal uh that was um gonna be kind of like a a reality show uh for this and it just recently was shut down uh, actually this week so that deal is no longer on um i think that's for the better um i mean i granted i i, I didn't look too much into the deal and what it would have been but just on the surface I think that's probably better. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't, th that's too real. 
think that's way too real, guys. Uh, I think it's bad enough we've got uh, we've got all this uh, intrusiveness on everyone's fucking privacy. Um, I think just letting them communicate to us is is good enough. But with that, guys, uh, what a crazy episode! A lot of uh, ending on a real serious note with uh, some of those quotes from. Uh, the Mars 100. Um, I'm still a little in shock. But uh, this is this is what it's about, man. This is um, space travel and the next step, literally, onto the next planet uh, is serious. And it uh, needs to be taken seriously. Um, and people are going to talk shit. And it'll go away until the next step of this process. And people have more things to say. But... The people who it actually matters to are the people putting in the work to get it done. So good luck to those people, everyone involved. Uh, I think it's a grand thing to do. And like I said, I wish you all the luck. So uh, now that the episode is over, um, let's do some. Woo! Okay. So uh, as always, the website is todayinspace.net. You can check us out there. Uh, if you want to check us out on social media, my Twitter is at El Greco. That's E-L-G-R-3-C-O, the number three. Um, I, I retweet a lot of things, anything I find interesting. Um, it's kind of just me checking up on stuff. Um, if you want to check us out on Facebook, we have a page called the uh, Today in Space Podcast. Um, the first week we're up, we reached over 1,000 people, and we've been sitting at an average of... 500 people uh, that we're reaching. So, I mean, that's amazing. I think the the Facebook page is doing a lot of work, at least getting the word out about just space in general. Um, there's also a Google Plus account, uh, a page, sorry, uh, Today in Space podcast. Uh, and that one we'll be using for uh, the launch hangouts once those start happening. Uh, and then there's also the email, uh, todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, like the listeners uh, who send in their questions for this, you can use that. Uh, and anything else uh, to get in touch with the show. We always encourage uh, listeners, if we get something wrong, um, there's a correction of the week. So if, if I have, remember, we're, we're a, an entertainment show. Um, I'm just trying to bring it all together, filter it so that you guys can get it. If I get it wrong... You're more than welcome to, to correct me, and I'll give you credit for it. Um, email us there about that. Uh, and again, any questions of the week. Um, if there's a topic you want to have talked about on the podcast, bring it up. Um, and uh, we're still running the contest. Um, we need two spots uh, redone for the website. Uh, I'm accepting entries, uh, artistic entries for these titles. Um, it's the com link. This is all on the homepage. So if you go to the homepage... Um, there's the com link, and then there's the search for topics. And so basically, I'm just looking for anybody's artistic take on what, just basically do like a banner kind of thing for it. Um, I'm also open for more out there versions, but let's start there. Um, uh, winners, uh, you know, you'll get free exposure. Uh, you can put your name in the bottom right corner um, of the title. It could be your social media name. It could be your pen name, your artist name, however you want to do it. It'll be free advertisement for you, uh, and it'll have the website looking great. Um, I, myself, I, I enjoy doing my own art. Uh, I'm not an artist, but because uh, that's 
pretentious. Um, but uh, I, I enjoy that. So uh, anyone else who's who's committed themselves to that, uh, I would like to help you out. And it gets some involvement into the show. So uh, just some ideas. The comlink. Uh, I'm kind of thinking antennas, communication uh, for the search. Um, you know, the the search for extraterrestrial life comes to mind or anything, any, any kind. Of, I'm open to anything. Aliens are totally acceptable. You don't have to stick to the standard green long body version. You can do whatever you want. Um, and uh, we'll probably keep running that through March. Uh, so uh, if you want to get involved, uh, you know, let me know through Today in Space Podcast at gmail.com. And that way we can, uh, we can get your entry in. I'm also going to be doing one as well, so uh, a little bit of competition, if you will. But but if yours is better, you win. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, please subscribe. Remember, subscription is free. Um, I had this conversation with someone uh, the other day. Uh, podcasts are free, and I know if you're listening to this, you probably already know that. But uh, to the older generation, subscription means paying. This is free, so don't worry about that. Uh, subscribing is free, and it just it helps our numbers and helps us grow. Uh, and other than that, tell your friends about us. Um, tell your friends about me, uh, and spread the word of the show. Um, all the all the listeners and the fans of the show, I really appreciate it. We've grown a little bit since the last time. I love the organic growth that we're going on. Um, and just keep dreaming, keep looking up, guys. Have a great, great week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And we'll be back as soon as we can. See you later.